Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hello everybody and welcome to the Wrestling Predictcast. I am your host Ben and joining me to dissect, discuss and debate everything Crown Jewel and the first couple episodes of the new draft is... First of all, the king of the proverbial podcast ring. It's Joe. How are you, Joe? I'm um, well, thank you, mate. That's a lovely introduction, as always. And it's nice to be here again. And the man that, if we did have a Queen's crown, would surely wear it. It's Luke. How are you, Luke? Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good, thanks, mate. Very good. Um, right, well, we've got a lot to discuss, to be fair, because Crown Jewel was absolutely rampacked with loads and loads of of really solid matches and really big matches. And then obviously there's a couple of things off the first couple episodes of uh, SmackDown and Raw that's worth getting into. So um, first of all, before we get proper into it, um, <coughs> Luke, what do you think of, of Crown Jewel as a pay-per-view anyway? Um, I, I, actually, I actually surprisingly really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was just quite a fun show to watch. Um and so, yeah, I think just from the very start until the end, I, I just enjoyed watching it. I think I know the crowd were a bit over the top, you know, shouting, um, you know, the chance that they do. Like, this is awesome for every single match um, throughout. Um, but I think the fact that they had a lot of, a lot of energy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what. I can't really put a finger on it, but I was really, it was probably my favourite pay-per-view of the year so far. Oh, big call. Big call. We have had a mania this year. I oh, know it was better than Mania. My All right, fair enough then. Fair enough then. Uh, Joe, Crown Jewel better than Mania? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to give that a bit more prep than I have done. Uh, to... <laughs> Story of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Ford <laughs> scores in a minute, Ben. Um, but, <laughs> but no, I thought it was, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a good pay per view. I think it, they definitely tried to make it WrestleMania. They're basically trying to make this like these two shows, the WrestleMania outside of WrestleMania, the money that went into it and the, and the build was, uh, sorry, and yeah, the money and the effort was, was really good. Um, I was quite pissed off early on because my predictions were all wrong. Um, so that was quite irritating. So I sort of lost a lot of love for the pay-per-view initially. Um, and then, well, they were, they were wrong before the raw going into it, which is the war. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> great stuff. Um, and then, but I, th- I thought overall it was okay. I'll, it was one of those ones where it was quite a good pay per view, but nothing really happened. Yeah, that that for me that was the biggest bit that ruined it for me. And we'll get to the individual matches. There were some amazing matches on this, like genuinely really, really great matches that were ruined by the fact that you knew the result going into like you couldn't quite get into them because you kind you knew pretty much where it was going almost 99% and, and we'll get to those as we go. Um, it, it, it's the, that is the main problem with it. It's a, it's a stat pay-per-view. It's got some great matches, but it still doesn't matter. It's still, we talked about it last time, it's a house show and it still felt like a house show. All you needed was one proper belt change and it just didn't happen and it kind of undercut the whole pay-per-view, I think. I think what, what I would say on that though, and this is defending my... Um, my statement that it's better than Mania is that I feel like that is the same for most pay-per-views anyway that you can predict. Like, I mean, obviously we're a predict cast, but I feel like we're pretty good at predicting the results. It's very rarely did it shock us. 
So I think I think that's a standard anyway. No, that's fair. That's that's true. That is true. To be fair, this one felt well. We got so we're getting to it. This one felt a bit worse for it just because of the draft. This would have benefited if the draft hadn't happened and you didn't know that people were going certain places. That's the only thing for me. Why don't they do the draft on the first, like on the SmackDown before and the first Raw around Survivor Series? Why don't you do brand warfare where the outcome of it, like, matters? So you're saying that this, so before the the Survivor Series or afterwards? I think after the first two after that. The first Raw and first SmackDown after that is when you reassign the brands and do it straight away. Because then what you could do is you could have the whoever wins the Survivor Series gets first pick of the draft and stuff that you yeah. could make it matter that's fair i've heard things like i've heard things like give them the like give them 20 rumble places as opposed to 10 in the other, of the other or they definitely get number 30 in the rumble or anything anything that matters <laughs> it's fair that's fair it's fair it needs to be anything that matters do you remember the year that shane mcmahon said he was going to fire everyone on smackdown if they didn't win it and they didn't win it and nothing happened the next night it's like stuff like that. It's just terrible, terrible writing. So, yeah. Like, like a blank man out, to be honest. But, that, yeah, I'm sure that did happen. <laughs> either that or I dreamt it, which is worse. Right, okay, um, we'll get into it. Did either, <laughs> First of all, did either of you two watch Crown Jewel at 6 o'clock p.m. on a Thursday evening? No. No? But I, wasn't, but, but I was tempted, to be fair. Again... You know, it, it was available to watch, which was which was quite good. Um, but no, I never. <laughs> it's like what you, it's what you said. If you turn on and Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali's on, that's not going to make you want to sit and watch it, is it? I don't. I don't need to see Mansoor's entrance. To be fair, um, I did. I, I I did actually. To be fair, I did actually try and tune in because I had like an hour. Like I had a free hour um, in between kids' bedtimes, so I flicked on the pre-show, which I found easily. Watched that in about two minutes. I think I messaged you guys to say. Watching the pre-show, and then two weeks later, I was like, "I've finished the pre-show. Don't don't watch it." <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to find the actual stream, and I think m- maybe because it was live, it was more difficult to find. Um, like, so I um, so because I, your legal means of watching WWE struggles when it's live, is it? Yeah, I couldn't rewind it. Yeah, is that what it is? Is it? Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, it's your internet, mate. I think. Yeah, that's moving swiftly on from that. Um, the. Usos versus the Hurt Business was the pre-show match. Joe, did you watch that one then? Um, I mean, watch. I flicked through it, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you? I, I take it you didn't see it, Luke. I, I watched it. Yeah, I watched. The, I watched the pre-show because I, I um, I don't know if you noticed, but they did this thing where they um, announced the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match as being no disqualification as, a, as a, an exclusive at the start of the pre-show. And then ten minutes later, just took it away and said, "Oh no, they don't want to do that." <laughs> that is writing that is writing on the fly that is vincent mango and i've got a great idea writing something down handing it and paul Heyman going it's not going to work vince and him go right fine just do what you're doing before then <laughs> right, that's exactly what happened backstage and it, it's it's mad that you know they were still booking that yeah three well, hours and that's, and that's the point fought. isn't it the, the slam got a clue what they're doing at the start of the pay-per-view yeah that's well, okay, no one watched, like very few people watch that to be fair that's like very few people watch. I mean, who's watching the pre-show? Surely not many. Well, both of you. <laughs> okay, who's watching, <laughs> who's watching it in enough detail that we'll actually hear what's going on? <laughs> or just Luke then. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought I thought the match was pretty solid, to be fair. I, I quite I like both tag teams. Just didn't mean anything, did it? They were both clearly there because of what, what, what was going to happen later. So, 
Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Yeah, it was. It was a bit like that to me. I didn't even thought about it that from that way, but it was clearly like we need someone to do the pre-show. Well, the Usos and Hurt business here for no reason. Yeah, throw them on. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's fair. So we opened with Edge versus Seth Rollins, uh, Hell in a Cell match. Um, this was, f- from my perspective, from my point of view, absolutely solid as a, as a match. But I've got some issues with it, which we'll get to in a second after hearing what you guys thought of it. Um, Joe. Edge defeats Seth Rollins. Hell in a Cell should be the end of this feud, though Edge is on Raw, so you never know. Um, what do you think? What, what are your views on the match? Um, so I was disappointed that Seth didn't win, but that, I mean, my, my hand was forced around the prediction there just because of the wild cards. Um, I thought it was uh, a really good match, a little safer than, like, a little safer than normal Hell in a Cells generally, but was absolutely fine. Um, I thought it was prob- probably matched the night. I'm trying to think now. Probably matched the night. Maybe one other that I think is better. Um, but yeah, it was really solid. Really good opening. Um, yeah. And I, I like, it, like I say, I think, you know, when, you, when I was watching it, I was thinking, they are pulling out the stocks here. This is the, this is the, this is, this is WrestleMania-esque. Um, and if, you, if you're not sure that, that was the case, then the first match is definitely setting the scene for it. That's fair. Luke? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree. I I also think it was one of the top two matches of the night, if not the best match. So um, it, it's, it's probably the best Hell in the Cell match I've seen out of all the ones that I've watched, even the pay-per-view ones, just because I thought, I, I don't know, I just thought, I just thought it was, they had some certain segments in there that were, that were pretty good. Um, there's one moment, I think, when Ed, like Seth Rollins was launched into the side and down onto a table which I thought was a really good segment um, yeah I, 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 re- I thought it set up the pay-per-view really well and I thought it, it made it quite a good spectacle to watch I, I, I agree with you with one of the best Hell in the Cells in a while I think because it didn't all centre around you having to get them up on top of the cell or on the side of the cell or anything too stupid there and it wasn't you know someone jumping off going through a table and then clearly missing the person all the rest of that stuff it was a little bit, I think it went on a bit too long. And that last 10 minutes, they were kicking out of stuff you should definitely not be kicking out of. It was getting a little bit silly. And I was going, oh, come on, just end this match. This is getting really stupid. It was just getting, it was absolutely what you said. It was a made, it was like a WrestleMania caliber big show. But that was the bit that was starting to wind me up a little bit was kind of like, why is he kicking out of that? Why is he, you know, why are we kicking out of every single thing in the first match, which means you're making every other match after this really difficult to follow. They Luckily, also, they had the definition they, of a palate cleanser. They, they next, but... the matches when you're annoyed that they kick out. Yeah, it's, 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 it's that bit, to be fair. Just wind it to it. I just, I kind of like, we're ready. This is done. This match is over now. It's, it was great up to that point, but some of the stuff they were kicking out of was winding me up. But I mean, Good way to finish it. I think it makes sense that Seth's the person who wins it, considering where... Uh, sorry, made sense that Edge is the person that wins it, considering what Seth did. Um, but obviously, we'll talk about what's going on with Seth when we get to uh, the Big E match. Um, if you looked up in the um, WWE dictionary the word palate cleanser or the word piss break, you'd see a picture of Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali because that's exactly what this match was. It went exactly the time it needed to go with 10 minutes. And um, yeah, Mansoor defeated Mustafa Ali in a match that was watchable and completely nothingy. Um, anyone got anything to add about Mustafa Ali versus Mansoor? Yeah, I have actually. Um, <laughs> okay. 
It was when I, it was when I was watching the match and I was watching it in bed in the morning and I was like and I and like I woke up the next morning and watched a bit of it and I was like Oh, the, the guy came out at the end and I was like, I have absolutely no idea who this person is. And I need to get up because I'm wasting my life. Are <laughs> <laughs> you talking about the um, karate silver medalist? Yeah, I was going to get on to him. Carry on, go. Here he is. The, sorry, I was like, here he is. The guy that came like third in jiu-jitsu in a certain weight in, for Saudi Arabia. You're like, well, that... oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't instantly recognise him. He got a pop, though. You got a Saudi. Continue wearing a mask. Now, I'll be honest with you, and I don't know if this makes me seem really bad. I was kind of you looking at the screen, going, "Who is that? Who is that?" And in my head, I'm going, "That's our truth. That's our truth." And I thought just that our truth. I thought it was our truth, and it was going to get a nice comedy pop. But then, obviously, when he took his mask off, and you went, "Oh, I don't know who this is." But you got a pop in Saudi Arabia, so they, you know, playing to the home crowd. It's not a bad move. I like the idea. Of, I like the idea of um, reveals. You have absolutely no idea who they are. I do quite like that. <laughs> Where it's like, genuinely a surprise. Yeah. Where right. it's genu- oh, okay. Yeah. It's not a good surprise. <laughs> but it certainly is a surprise. <laughs> so imagine Saudi Arabia, like Ben just turns up and then he gets a bit <laughs> For no reason at all wearing karate gear. Just. <laughs> I'd love that to be fair. I, would, I mean, it would be, uh, you'd get more of a pop than I did for that guy. <laughs> what was his name again, Ben? Remind me. All right. So the next match um, <laughs> was. Um, I don't have a clue who he was, mate. I, 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 he kicked Mustafa Ali in the face and it got what they wanted. Um, RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos. And RK Bro beat um, AJ and Omos in less time than it took Mansoor to beat Mustafa Ali. Um, Luke, what do you reckon to the match? Any good? The best part was clearly about Riddle coming out on a camel. Yeah, highlight, highlight the pay-per-view for sure. <laughs> oh, that man can do no wrong. That man can do it. The man is just, it's perfect. It's brilliant. It, yeah. I mean, the, the two of them together is fantastic. And I've, I've told you, you know as much I love RK, bro. So, uh, yeah, what do you reckon to the match? Yeah, no, it, it was all right. It was just a rematch of what's happened before. And it was obvious what the result was going to be. It was solid enough. Randy Orton was there because the crowd loved Randy Orton. Um, and then they put it together for the Matt Riddle entrance. So, yeah, it was, it was watchable. But obviously it was quite an obvious result. Joe, anything to add? Fair enough. I mean, we could talk about they they then defended their championships on Raw um, against after a three way a triple threat tag team qualifier to find out who was going to win between um, the Dirty Dogs, uh, Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. The Dirty Dogs came out victor- victorious, and it was um, RK Bro versus the Dirty Dogs on Raw, and they w- beat them quite convincingly. Why are we pushing the Dirty Dogs? Anyone want to answer that for me? <coughs> Why no. are they winning things? Why are they beating the Street Profits? Couldn't go any tag teams. Yeah, but Street Profits should be clearly the next opponent, shouldn't they? The, the, the thing is, they're two, their faces aren't there as well. That's the problem. But, like, but later on, there's like a face versus face that I think works really, really well. You can do it, particularly if they're two proper beloved, funny, charismatic groups. Yeah. I just don't know why Dirty Dogs are getting wins and victories. The only thing for me is, I suppose, if you've got face versus face, you normally cheer for one more than the other, and the and the need to kind of build the street profits back up, I think. So, and and clearly, our Craig Bro would get a bigger pop than street profits at the moment. That's fair. That's a good shout. To be fair, that's 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 that is absolutely sound logic. Okay, we then get on to 
the first I'd say the first big shock of the pay-per-view but the other like this is always open for the um general public and anyone who subscribes to Twitter, Facebook and and the podcast to put their predictions in and go up against us. Um a lot of people thought Selena Vega was going to win this from the outset. Now we thought that it was going to be um Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler versus <laughs> Selena Vega in the first instance. Then Dewdrop won that and then I thought, well, there's absolutely no way Selena Vega's beating Dewdrop, is there? And she did, and became the first inaugural winner of the Queen's Crown. And then she manages to beat her again on Raw. So, kind of like the Dirty Dogs thing, why are they pushing Selena Vega? Anyone got any answers why that's the person? Or do they, do you, does anyone actually know? Can I, just, can I just say, first of all, Ben, I'm quite offended that you said that was the first shock of the night, because when Tarek Hamadi came out... <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to ask you to repeat that. I am not going to ask you to try to... You've not even practising. I'm not going to ask you to re-butcher that name. Go on, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. When when, when, when the silver medalist for Saudi Arabia for karate in the Olympics came out, was the first big shock of the night. I don't think he even got a silver medal, mate. I think it's bronze. I don't think he even... Got got some, oh, it's, I don't know. I don't think he was even the final. I think he just... <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. It was an impressive-looking kick. I'll give him that. It was an impressive-looking kick on Mustafa Ali. So, great news on that is the the final was five and a bit minutes um of the queen's crown and the whole re- the whole rest of the tournament there was not a match over three minutes it was like 13 minutes 35 seconds total for the first six matches that's uh, bad it's terrible isn't it it is bad especially when the shortest men's one in the first six was eight minutes yeah um so yeah just i just i, I didn't care and i don't bother just don't bother i don't like I, I would I would I would have I would have thought that the reason for them doing the Queen's Crown was because um and also hilarious while well, they can't call it Queen of the Rings, but look that up. Um <laughs> right, I didn't know that, but we'll again probably moving swiftly on, Joe. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, um it's to do with China. Um I I was like I thought, okay, well they might be doing Queen's Crown because they're doing something clever with the men's one, but I'm not sure they are with that either. So if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Like you don't have to do any. You don't have to do a tournament just for the sake of it. If you don't want to, I think for me, do it. Do separate them. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the smart thing to do is to be give the King of the Ring a good solid chunk of time, and then three months, five months, even six months later, give the um, Queen's Crown a good chunk of time on the show. Separate the two of them so you don't end up with this comparison. You don't, they don't need to be done together. As long as everyone's aware that, no, we are going to run this tournament, it is going to happen, we're just not doing it at the same time, you can give it some proper chunk of time. What I don't understand is why they're pushing Selena Vega, who they've had no interest in and even fired about five months ago, and then you've got rising stars and people you actually want to push, like Liv Morgan and Dewdrop, who could have won this, had a big accolade to their name, had a big push, and you've had them lose it, and you've had them even losing in the final. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You any views on Selena Vega, Luke? I'm slightly annoyed because I do think it's the more logical pick. And I said that in our WhatsApp group ahead of the event when I was deliberating whether to change my mind or not. Um, and I think because she's on SmackDown, right? And obviously that's where Charlotte Flair is. And will they do something about the Queen and the Queen's crown? And that's the only way I can see it going, where Dewdrop's on Raw. So to me, it was the more logical pick. And I think Zelina Vega is actually very good. WWE just hasn't used her properly. So hopefully 
they've realised this and will actually use her more, but who knows? We'll see. I mean, I, I, it depends how much you rate Selena Vega. I don't think she's that great. I think she's better. Oh, I, thought, I think, I think she So hopefully, I mean, if they see something in her, they'll they'll push her and, and, and she'll get a bit further on. Um, I've got views on what they should do with both of these as winners, but we'll get to that when we do King of the Ring. Um, Goldberg then came out against Bobby Lashley in a no-hold-barred Falls Count Anywhere match. I think the Falls Count Anywhere was another pre-show announcement that they added to this. Um, and in a 11 minutes match, I know I keep saying the, the, the times for these matches, but it was only because I thought the Edge and Seth Rollins ones went too long, and now I've got into the habit of doing it because it's in front of me. In an 11 minute match, um, Goldberg defeated Bobby Lashley with a spear off the stage through what has to be the most padded um, land crash mat I've ever seen in my life. Um, this was exactly what it needed to be for me. Um, Goldberg looked tired from the first three minutes. There was a spear through the barricade that he walked up to Bobby Lashley and essentially just leapt into his arms and Bobby Lashley had to do the selling for it. But for a Goldberg match against Bobby Lashley, this was about as passable as you're going to get. And I just really hope this is the end of it. It worked. There was nothing too embarrassing. There was nothing too catastrophic. It just did exactly what it needed to do. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on this one, Luke? Yeah. So, Again, it's it's probably the best Goldberg match I've seen, but that's not saying much because his match has been terrible. Um, it's quite impressive he did the jackhammer, like lifting Bobby Lashley. I thought that was pretty good because I didn't I wouldn't have expected him to be actually able to do that. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was decent enough. It's bit the finish was underwhelming. I thought because I was expecting him to kill him, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He, just, he doesn't live up to his promise there, did he? That's fair. Joe, but yeah, no, I thought it was good. Yeah, I'm I'm the same as Luke. I thought it was I thought it was okay. I like I mean I just get get I mean just fundamentally I would say get Goldberg off TV like number one. But if we're having to watch Goldberg, that was that was a passable performance from him. I think that's basically that's where I stand on it. I mean just don't I just don't want to see him anymore. I don't want to see I don't want to see anyone like of that age on WWE. I just think it's I think it's the wrong thing to do for them. We'll we'll get onto it later. There's a way you can use part timers, and the and, and Brock Lesnar is the perfect example of how you use a part timer. I'm not against part timers, mate. Just to be clear, I'm against like what is essentially the elderly wrestling. But they're all but they're always but they're always that the part timers are always the elderly wrestling. Apart from Brock Lesnar, who are the other part? Who are the other part timers? Well, Triple H. Okay, all right then. I mean, Triple H, what are we talking for age for Triple H now, really? Yeah, I suppose in the past they have, like, they used the big show for a while, didn't they, as a part-timer? Um, but again, when he was past his best. I mean, we're talking people, we're not talking anyone. The only the only argument you could have is The Rock and John Cena have been the ones that have not been Brock Lesnar, that have been passable part-timers. They Usually it's Undertaker far beyond his years, Goldberg far beyond his years, you know, Triple H, you do not need to see another Triple H match. No, I agree. I don't see any of those people that you've mentioned fight again, or McFoley, or Big Show, or any of those. Seen him, seen as, yeah, Kane. Kane Kane's another one as well. Yeah, that's another one where you just don't Cena's, need. is fine because he's kind of like, you know, you know what you're getting with Cena, and you know what you're getting with Lesnar. And if we get the Rock back, then, you know, all of WWE's prayers are answered. But beyond that, I'll just stop, you know, stop with the elderly and build younger people so we've got some sort of future so you don't have to keep relying on part-timers 
Well, that's the joke, isn't it? Because they're going to do they're going to do a raw, like a raw throwback episode in the next few weeks, aren't they? Like a retro raw or something. And that I think I can't remember which podcast it was I was listening to, but they're basically saying like if you look at like retro raw from like 2006, so like 15 years ago, it's all the same people. It's like it'll be like the Miz and Sheamus and Edge and Jeff Hardy. Like it, it'll be it'll be John Morrison. It'll be the same people that we had 15 years ago on re- on current Raw as would have been on the Retro Raw. If you like, when the when the four competitors came out to face Big E, the only person you looked at that and thought, yeah, here's the big move, was when um, was so you had Seth Rollins come out, yeah, past his best. You had oh, um, Seth Rollins past his best. I'm not well, no, but what I mean, is, but what I mean is like he's not a rising star, is he? He's not someone. He's not someone who's at the top of his. He's not someone who's, who should be main eventing still. He not- should be. Enhancing a- someone else, you, you you've got Finn Balor was the only one out of the four the four people that came out that you thought they're on their ascendancy. You had Kevin Owens, you had Rey Mysterio, you had Seth Rollins. Those three should be enhancing other people. And if the person you're enhancing is Big E, I'm not sure. I think Seth Rollins is still top of the card for me. I think yeah. I think Kevin Owens is too. I think Rey Mysterio is way way past his best. Yeah, I think there there is there is a way to get to the top and then stay at the top. So I definitely have Rollins. In that bracket, like he could be right at the top of it. But Ray Mysterio, you're right, way too, way too old. But you're right, there is there's no up and comers there. Absolutely not. Because no, Bal- I've just checked the rage as well. Finn Balor's forty. And Seth Rollins, <laughs> Seth Rollins is thirty-five. Okay, that's fair. I didn't realise Finn Balor was that old. To be fair, I, don't know my word. <laughs> I would have thought he was the youngest out of those four by far. I hope I look, I hope I mean, I look my God, at forty, what is he? What, who's, 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 who did he sell his soul to? Well, there you go. He's a demon, isn't he? Fair play. Yeah, I mean my word. All right, well I can't stand much more corrected to that. To be fair, but yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Like that's a, that's that's just enough for Luke to go on his phone to check that out. You know when you're just sitting there and suddenly you get asked a question like this. Honey, what film are we watching tonight? And your heart sinks. You know that if you get this question wrong, you're probably going to have a fight. You might even get divorced. So you panic and you think. How about one involving an exoskeleton? And then you hear... Yeah, but which one involving an exoskeleton? And then you've got nothing. You've called for an exoskeleton movie and you haven't got one in your locker. Well, the great news is there's a new podcast out that covers lists on all kinds of movie-related trivia. It's That Movie List Podcast. So the next time you make outlandish suggestions like exoskeletons, funniest films or explosions, and you end up getting it wrong and you end up having a fight and probably getting divorced, at least you'll have someone to blame. That Movie List Podcast by Views from a Sofa Network. Yeah, fair enough. Um, right, well, 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 we'll move on from that to, um, well, hey, quite, quite fittingly, Xavier Woods versus a 40-year-old Finn Balor in the King of the Ring final. Now, we all predicted that they were going to send Jinder Mahal to face Finn Balor for lots of numerous reasons that you can find out if you listen to the previous episode. And then Xavier Woods beat Jinder Mahal. Now, Xavier Woods has publicly said that he wants to be King of the Ring. That's his dream to be King of the Ring. Now, to be fair, when we kind of had this discussion, do we? You, I said to you guys, you can change your mind. We didn't know who was going to win it. We all kind of went, there's no way WWE are going to give Xavier Woods what he wants. Like, as much, if anything, the fact that he wants it that badly is the reason they won't give it to him. And then he went and won it. Xavier Woods beat Finn Balor. Um, Joe, what do we think of the match? What do you think of the outcome? 
I have just I'm laughing because I'm thinking that probably I'm probably gonna get this, this, all the questions handed to me first of all from now on just because Luke's out, outed you. Um, <laughs> no, I'll try and keep it as fair as possible. Try and keep it as fair as possible. I don't bear grudges. Oh, I do, mate. That's what. Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is the third and final series of um, wrestling predictions. <laughs> Sorry, what you asked me about Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods? Oh, just what you thought about it, mate. I think I'm, pl- I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for Xavier Woods. Um, I think you, I think I've always said it. I've always said it. Finn Balor is way too old for like to be an up and comer now. No, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was a good match. To be honest, it was. It was very even. You could have gone either way, and. I'm, I'm, I hope they do something with Xavier Woods, and I hope this isn't just burying Finn Balor for the sake of it, because um, Finn Balor will be one that's off to AEW like sooner rather than later, I'm sure of it. So, um, you know, there's a way to keep people excited about working for WWE, and then there's not, and I worry that this might be the start of uh, start of the end for Finn Balor. Same with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens seems to be doing absolutely nothing. I know, I know, we're dipping around here, but. Kevin Owens seems to be doing nothing, so why would he stay at WWE? Uh, Luke, can we add to that? No, no, so that's just same. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm a bit annoyed again because I wanted Woods to win. I think like most of us, but we just didn't believe it would happen. So annoying that we didn't pick him, but really pleased that he did. I agree. I think it buries Finn Balor a little bit, um, you know, especially after his demon getting beaten that um, hadn't had been undefeated before, and now he's just losing that as well. And losing on Raw by the sounds of it, so yeah, yeah. strange. I think one. what was what I realised going into it as I was watching the match was Xavier Woods was giving the performance of his career. He was putting all the stops out. He was giving an absolutely fantastic one. Balor, it could have just been a random SmackDown. Finn Balor was going through the motions. He was not not he wasn't doing a professional job or anything like that. It wasn't he wasn't kind of burying Xavier Woods with it. But it just looked like Finn Balor knew from the outset, like you know, that he was going to lose. And he played it like that. And it was kind of like, you could see it was, it didn't really feel like Balor's heart was in it, as stupid as that sounds, compared to like Roman Reigns, the, the pay-per-view before. And then obviously he loses, loses, I suppose, because it's a, it's a four-way match, but he doesn't win on the following Raw. I think they're just, they're, they're keeping Balor up and around that main event spot, but they just don't want, know what to do with him. And they just don't, don't want to seem to put much faith in him. So I'm completely with you. I think, the moment the opportunity comes, Balor's leaving. Kevin Owens has got to because he's never going to be top of that card again where he could do some real damage over at AEW. So they've got people they need to try and keep um, happy and they're not doing a very good job of it unless they've they've kind of resigned themselves to the fact that they're both going to leave. So um, on the King of the Ring thing, um, Xavier Woods was giving it kind of large King of the Ring stuff on SmackDown. He had proclamations. He was doing his big celebration. It was quite fun to watch. And it got me thinking, they should actually have them do stuff and make decisions and have some sort of clout for King of the Ring. They should have them have some sort of actual say on stuff, like make some matches, be able to decide some things, actually have the King of the Ring mean something. Because I thought the way that Xavier Woods was kind of saying there's going to be rules and laws, people are going to get chances and kind of talking that way, you were like, actually, that would be a really good idea if you could go to Xavier Woods and, and plead your case and he could make matches and things like that, even if it was just a short stint of something and then build stories from there because it's never meant anything in the past other than you get the word king up in front of your name and you wear a crown for a bit. So I do I do the same with the, the, the Queen's crown as well. And, you know, if you have a heel on one side, face on the other, and 
you could do something with it. So if I was going to change King of the Ring or add to it, that's exactly what I would do. Do you think he'll still wrestle as part of New Day, or do you think this will be the demise of New Day as you've been predicting? I, when he came out, they had a big ceremony. They had the big, you know, Kofi was giving it big, large. So Kofi was there being the, the town crier and everything for him. A little part of me went, this would be way more interesting if this goes to his head and he turns heel. It would be way, now, the way they played it, it's not going that way. And they're going to stay New Day and they're going to keep with it. But as it was happening, I was thinking, if he just starts throwing his weight around a bit with Kofi and pushing that and just kind of being a real, like, dick to Kofi, this would make this act way more interesting. Because it's, it's, yes, they are really, really popular, but it's still stale. It's still, it's still the same jokes. It's still the same stuff. And unless they're actually going to do something interesting with them, they're just going to stay around where they are, which is, I mean, slowly creeping down the card unless they're kind of needed for a quick pop and they fall back down again. So I think they need to do something. But, you know, I don't I don't see it happening. But I would. I would easily break up New Day and use this to do it. Right. So unless anyone's got anything to add to King of the Ring and New Day and anything there, we carry on with New Day. And I, think, it ends- I think you've got a great idea about, about the King, mate. So, in 1999, I thought you'd been quiet. I thought you'd, I thought you'd been quiet because I was thinking he's got nothing to add to this. I've, 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 I've done a little bit of Joe here, fantasy booking me way, having a little gimmick and stuff, and he's just been <laughs> essentially ignoring me for the last two minutes. But go on then, go on. What in 1995? 1999. Sorry, 99. I'm sure they did this, right? And I don't think you need to do like you don't like win King of the Ring and you get a title match, but I think you like win King of the Ring and you get to like have one wish or like one you get to do like one thing you know you don't need to like make it creepy but like you know within the bounds of real realistic in WWE you get like what you know win that and you get something so I was I was, I was that's why I was just googling I, I remember that I, I can't remember what the match was but I think it was like the corporate it's like the like, it's like the corporate ministry or someone and I remember Test uh was part of that team random old school name yeah he was yeah I loved 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 Test and then he, they won that match with like a four on four. And then he got to like his wish was to like go on a date with Stephanie McMahon, which obviously didn't end well. I mean, she's no married Triple H, and he's well, it ended very well from from what I remember, mate. It ended very very well, didn't it? And then and then ended really badly for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we might be alienating our listeners as we speak. Um, <laughs> but, but but like, I just, and and Luke is not a dog. <laughs> But yeah, I think like you could just do a thing where you get like you know get a get a you know you get like to pick a match or pick a you know pick a belt you want to go for or pick a wish you want or form a tag team or you know move move brands or whatever you want like you know like something like that you know something interesting. Yeah, it was it was that idea because he he was talking. It's like my my proclamations or he said something along those lines. There was a scroll and they were reading from it, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, he could have a little bit of power. And that would be perfect because it wouldn't even have to be a wish or a, or a rule that benefited him. It could be one that benefited other people. So we had people coming to him and want to do stuff and plead in their cases and things like that. And he had some sort of say, you know, he could help Kofi or whatever. And then I think there's scope for it. I just think the fact that you've won King of the Ring, you know, some people have and they've really benefited from it. And we all, they always wheel out Steve Austin because that was his big moment. But really, it wasn't him winning King of the Ring that benefited. It was the problem where we got to do having won it. it wasn't the fact that he was king of the ring no one remembers him being king austin it, it's that side of it so 
it's making it mean something. I think that's kind of a bit of a message of WWE at the minute. Um, along those lines, Big E defeated Drew McIntyre in what I've got to say is was a fantastic match. Really, really good. Amazing um, near falls that didn't trick me whatsoever because I knew that Drew McIntyre wasn't in any way, shape or form going to win this because it would have confused the belt issue a little bit further. So it kind of undercut what was a really good match and the fact that you were just waiting for Big E to win it. Um, any any other thoughts on Big E defeating Drew McIntyre? Should have given it to an up-and-comer, I think. Again, another one. If you're going to make it, if it's going to be service, you're not going to keep the belt over. Why not give it to an up-and-comer? Yeah, that's fair. Luke? It's just, it's just two big names to put on the card, wasn't it? That was what it was. Um, but yeah. Like it was a, it's a solid match, obvious outcome. This was this is where you bet. This is this is the match I think that most got screwed over by the draft. Where yeah. this could have been a great um, extreme rules or fast lane or one of those kind of matches where it's like you know what this is going to be really good and there's an outside chance that McIntyre might win it. There was just no chance he was winning this one, you know. And he and he had he had a big he had his he had his kind of his saving grace when he came out on. Uh, on SmackDown, so so they're trying to rebuild him again. Um, and Big E is going on to face Seth Rollins in his first major program afterwards. But again, it's we've already talked about it. I think it should be an up and comer. I think it should be someone else. I just think you use someone else to build to build to that. Really, um, wasn't, it, wasn't it? Did it, did Brock Lesnar not fight Ricochet at some point in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. And like he just got absolutely, and Ricochet just got murdered. Yeah. What what always wound me up about that was the fact that. Um, Paul Heyman, because they also, they were building two Survivor Series at the same time, I think. Or it wasn't Survivor Series, but they were building to, I think it was Roman Reigns versus um, Brock Lesnar, the next pay-per-view, whatever it was. And they and Paul Heyman just wouldn't recognise the fact that Ricochet was facing Brock Lesnar yeah, at all. He just kept undercutting it and just going, yeah, so when you have to face Roman, when Roman faces you, and I was going, well, he's also got a match before then that you have just, and it was, it was, it was like five minutes, completely destroyed him. So at least it's not that, you know. Is it better though? This was a decent competitive match. This was solid. So, but I don't know if it does anyone any favors. This match. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, if you if you'd have had if you'd have had you know a Keith Lee on here, get get his name a bit of brand exposure to him, but a name you know because he's he's floundering a bit. You know, people like that. Carrie, what about Carrion Cross? Would be my suggestion. Yeah, that's fair. Karrion Cross would have been solid he's here as well. He's already lost as well, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and 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 you give him a good showing because that's because this was a great match. Drew McIntyre looked really strong. Big E looks great for beating him, but it should have been someone else, you know. And it, and again, the other thing as well is it's another defeat for Drew McIntyre. When's the last time Drew McIntyre won something meaningful? You well, know, it, it, on the last pay per view, mate, it beat Jinder Mahal. You're up. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You mean you know um, King of the Ring quarterfinalist? Uh, sorry, semi-finalist Jinder Mahal. You're absolutely right. How stupid of me. <laughs> used, um, potentially they could have used Tareg Hamadi better by putting you in this match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Moving on. Um, Becky Lynch then took on Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks in a triple threat match for the SmackDown Championship. And um, she won by using typical shady means and um, pin Sasha Banks to retain. Um, Luke, what do we think of this match? 
Yeah, really good. Really solid match. I thought it was one of the best matches of the night, along with the edge Seth Rollins match. Um, I was a bit annoyed because I think, logically, it was an obvious outcome. And I, I know we all made arguments for each one. I know I kind of did the thing, oh, I'll just go with the third one then. But I wish I never, because lo- logically, Be- you know, Becky Lynch was going to win it, wasn't, wasn't she? So, But, you know, I, I thought the match was really solid. I, I still don't understand why they're wearing T-shirts. I mean, I know they need to cover themselves, but can't just wear body suits like they normally would. Like, why are they wearing baggy t-shirts over the top? It's about the shape as well. Yeah, I, th- I don't think the body suits does enough. I think okay. is the idea. So I, 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 I'm, I'm with you, but I think they've, I think they've, they're making sure they absolutely do not have any uh, backlash at all from Saudi Arabia. So that the baggy t-shirts kind of goes with it, really. What about baggy trousers? Uh. I don't think you could wrestle in those unless you're unless you're uh, Bubba Ray Dudley. Hmm. So look at you with your ring attire. Will you give will you give it a rest? It just annoyed me. They've got skin tight <laughs> trousers on, which reveals quite a lot. But then baggy baggy t-shirts. Yeah, yeah it makes would, no sense. I get it. I get it. I get that. When they're doing a move, like one hand goes up, like inside the t-shirt. Like, oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> that way. Put that, put, that, put that full body suit away. I was quite... Like, I, I really... The, the spot I remember the most was when Bianca Belair lifted him up with one hand, which I thought was really impressive. Yeah. They're keeping Bianca Belair really strong here. Yeah. And and she is, by all accounts, still going for this belt. That, that's not over, which is which is the smart move. This was a this was a solid way to keep that feud going, logically. Um, Joe, happy if Becky Lynch retained, or would you have done something different with it? Um, I think she had to retain for this one. I don't, I don't, I just, I, I said this last time and, and ever since I said it, I'm, I'm more and more believe it. I just don't buy Becky Lynch. I don't think she's that good. I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe her as a character. And do you know what? And this is going to be a controversial statement with what happened on SmackDown and what's going on. But I do believe Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I, I, I totally buy her character. Like, I'm not saying it's a nice person or whatever, but I do think she's like, it feels like it's like, you know, we say like rest the best wrestlers are the extensions of their own personal like characteristics, and I genuinely believe Charlotte's the way she is, and I don't believe Becky's the way she is at all. I'm not I'm not convinced by Sasha Banks either. I find her a bit a bit odd, um, but yeah. So so I think Becky needed to Becky needed to do this. Um, just get the belt off for now. Give it Bianca. Oh no, Bianca's on Raw, isn't she? Give it. No, 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 you can you can give the both. But Becky and Becky and Bianca are. Together. Yeah, they're both on Raw. Okay. Yeah, they're both on Raw. Yeah. Did the classic belt swap, didn't they? The, the yearly belt swap now. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about... I, it, I would have changed the belts here to avoid that, to avoid the belt swap. There is a smarter way of doing this than have um, just them in the ring together, swapping the belts. And then having that tease where, where, where Charlotte says to Bianca... Uh, sorry, not Bianca. Charlotte says to Becky... Well, how about both of us fight for it right now, and we do uh, we do all or nothing. Like we can fight right now for both belts, and we can decide who's the best. And then Becky just walks away, and you're just like, why? Like, don't even tease stuff. You're not gonna like, don't don't tease something where the alternative is crap or is worse. Don't go. You could potentially have this, but we're not gonna do it. Like this just doesn't help anybody. Imagine if you're in the sh- imagine if you're in the audience for that show, and you were like. That would be amazing. And then they're like, oh, no, we're not doing that. So you get your, your, your main event segment is just a talking segment in which nothing happens. Apart yeah. from a belt gets thrown on the floor for no reason. 
And that was the other thing that wound me up as well. I know it's really petty and, and stupid, but when Becky was throwing her belt at Charlotte, it was like, that's something you should actually be caring about. Like, that's something, like, this is this is stuff that you really want, and you're treating them like they're tat, like they're nothing. I know it's not technically your belt anymore, but just there's just something about treating it with a bit of respect or something. It was really winding me up. It was just like, mean, make it mean something than just, you know, the, I'm going to be really petulant about it. It was the main event on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. I thought something more, I definitely thought something more was going to happen. And knowing that, that the outcome has just been that Charlotte and Sasha is going to be where it goes from here. It's just, it's just uninspired. Just quite annoying about it as well. I don't know if this is true, but I'm sure I read that it counts as an extra win on your, on your belts range. So Charlotte's done like 13 times rather than 12 because she's had a belt change. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I read, which, <laughs> which is ridiculous if that's the case. Well, it's definitely ridiculous. It can't be that. It can't be that. Yeah. Yeah. So well, all it means is she's one yeah. closer to beating her dad's record, which is all they're desperate for her to do. That's all they want her to do. They were. I'm not sure about now. She's up as well, to be honest. Well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think I agree with you. This was this was I thought this was actually the best match of the night. I thought this was exactly how you do a triple threat. Three absolutely solid wrestlers and it did not stay its welcome. And it was a pretty solid outcome. Um and then we got to the main event, Roman Reigns facing Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman stood in the middle, conflicted. We had all sorts of crazy ways we were going to book it. We had kind of Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns master plans. We had, is Paul Heyman going to actively cost Brock Lesnar? We had all sorts of different things. And it came down to Paul Heyman ambiguously throwing in the belt into the middle of the two of them. So you don't know where his allegiances lie. And to be fair, it wasn't a bad ending. It wasn't the worst way of doing it. And it still made Reigns look smarmy and, and as a um, chicken heel. And you had Brock Lesnar still looking really strong. And then they reinforced that on SmackDown the next night. Um, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Joe, how do you, you think it went? So it went exactly as I expected, I think. Um, but it was just, <clears throat> but the outcome of it was nothing to move on. So the the I, I didn't like the Heyman tossed the belt in because I was like, well, I understand why you've done that because it's still ambiguous as to who he's with. But are we not at the point of a major pay per view where you could tell us which side he's on? Like when when do we find that out? So we're just going to watch for another three. Is you know we we we, we were me and Luke I think we're starting to get to voice our frustration with the elongated Roman Reigns story which I think is fair. And now I'm starting to get a little bit bored of the elongated Paul Heyman story. Like, let's curtail some stories eventually or reach the end of them. Luke, agree with that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, again, I thought the match was solid enough. I and mean, like I say, like Josie, I think, it's, I think it ended as we expected. But yeah, I, I kind of wanted to know what was happening with Paul Heyman now. He just... Elon Gates, that story, like exactly, well, exactly what you just said, Joe. But so, so Lesnar's now suspended, right? So when's the payoff for that? Is it WrestleMania? No, I think it's going to be, well, it could be. I mean, what I was going to add to that is I think the problem with it is they've built this to a really good story, but they don't want to give that away on Crown Jewel. I think it's the problem with Crown Jewel being the pay-per-view it is. I think... Their other issue is Survivor Series is next. What would logically happen is you'd have 
whatever the pay-per-view is next and you'd get Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns and you could actually get the payoff when they've got big numbers, they've got people who'll be able to watch it and all the rest of that stuff. I think what they did with Brock Lesnar on SmackDown was great. I think the whole, you know, Roman Reigns segment at the beginning, the promo was really good. The still ripping into Paul Heyman. I think Brock coming out, him looking as strong as he's ever looked, the whole stuff with Adam Pearce, the suspension, all of that was amazing. I, I, I thought that was great. I thought that was some of the best wrestling TV you've seen in ages, considering there was very little matches involved, but it was proper, pure storytelling. But what we, what's, what I don't really want to see is then Brock Lesnar disappears until Mania, which I think I, you're right might be the case. I think, I think he'll be a surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble. I'd that. have him win the Rumble. I'd have him win the Rumble. I, I, I think it's got to be Reigns versus Lesnar now at, 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 at Mania. Yeah. That's the only logical place. We're not, but, having, we're not having Rock versus Reigns at WrestleMania. No, I think I think they've I think they've pretty much discounted that with Rock. I think he's just you know, fair play to Rock. He's just too busy. And I think he's looking at it going, I can make way more money with way less physical effort not doing this. Thinking this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're also talking about aren't they talking about if he does come back it'd be Hollywood, which is the year after. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Which would make more sense. Yeah. And 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 you'd be building it now. Like you'd be doing you'd get Rockin to do his once every two months appearance to, you know, you'd do what he did with Cena, really milk it. Don't have him for three months. Have him for like twelve months of popping up here and there when they circle around back to Miami or wherever he is. You know, they'd have him doing that. That's that's I I don't think they, they give that away too cheaply. So Do you know what I mean about this match, right? And you're and you're gonna both say, Oh, don't question it, this is what happens. But the ref gets knocked out, right? And then no ref comes in the ring until the moment Roman Reigns is pinning Brock Lesnar. So, you know, there's no refs, backups anywhere, nothing. You know, it Lesnar's pinned Roman Reigns. Everyone can see what's going on. Everyone can see the belt's been used, so it should be disqualified, etc., etc. But no, just a new ref comes out as soon as Roman Reigns pins Brock Lesnar to win. I actually, my wife was there while I was watching this match, and I actually said to her, why do they never just have another ref by the... like You know, like a fourth official in football. Yeah. You know, they have a fourth official, so if a linesman gets injured, the fourth official gets on the pitch and he's the next person. Let's have another ref sat by the ring. This happens enough that you have another ref by the ring. <laughs> like, yeah. logically, because I'm with you on that one. That was a little bit like, oh, are we really going for this again? Is this, is this really... You know, and, and it is just getting cynical and, and me getting annoyed with seeing the same sort of stuff over and over again. But the fact that you've only been watching this for, what, two years, let's say? And yeah. you're already at that point. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. But no, I'm I'm actually with you. I did make a point of, to my wife of saying they should just have another ref. Just sat by the side, sat in the ring, ring <laughs> bell, bell area, the ring announcers area, just ready. And if he gets an easy night, if he's not needed, just do that. I like I like I like the opposite of that. I think I reckon the refs at the back are like are going, oh, that's nasty blow for Steve. And then they're going, do you think he's knocked out? Uh, he's not. I think he's okay. I think he's okay, but he's not moving. But I think he's okay. I think he's all right. And then like there's a pin. He's like, oh no, he's definitely not out. Right, shit, better go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea. I like the idea. And check on him. <laughs> I like the idea. You can't find him. I like the idea. Vince is there going. We need a ref. We need a ref. Yeah. Where's all the refs? And they're all just hiding. They're all just. What I mean? <laughs> just... Like, where are they? <laughs> no, it just takes ten minutes to find a ref. Uh, that's 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 great. That's great. <laughs> These are the stories they should be telling, not the, not the, <laughs> not you know, 
for what they're doing now. Um, so I think we're at this bit, we're at this really random junction now with uh, WWE. I think Crown Jewel was an absolutely solid pay per view. Had some great matches, but like you both said right at the beginning, nothing's moved on. Nothing's really changed. We've got a couple of really random challenges set up, but Survivor Series is November twenty first. I think it is, um, and. We've got to have brand supremacy. We've got to have um, title versus title and champion versus champion. And then obviously the big five-way matches and and we'll go with that. So uh, it's kind of a weird time, but there are glimmers of really good stuff. I think the, the I think SmackDown was a great show. There were bits of Raw that were all right. Um, but I think they just, the big thing is they need to start building and, and pushing younger talent. Um so Survivor Series is next. Looking forward to Survivor Series, fellas, as a final point. Don't know. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant analysis there. We've sold it. If you haven't been sold by that. <laughs> if I honestly don't know because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I think I need to see a bit of build towards it now. It's always, it's because it's a strange period of time because we just had the draft. And like I say, people have moved brands. You know, Drew McIntyre will probably end up being the SmackDown captain, and he's only just moved from Raw. So I don't know. We'll we'll learn. We'll see what happens. And that'll but be it. I just don't do it. I'm. I don't. I don't really care about brand supremacy. I think you could just knock, knock it on the head. Personally, I love Survivor Series. I think Survivor Series offers loads of opportunities for some really random matchups in the ring. I mean, the one I always go back to is when it was Nakamura versus Triple H, really randomly in the ring. At one point, you're like. You're never going to see this again. This is great. You know, this is offers something different. Triple H never going to be in the ring with Nakamura again. Yeah, that's. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. He's never going to allow himself in the ring with Nakamura again. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. Sorry, just to be clear, Triple H does not want to be in the ring with anyone that can actually wrestle. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I, we all got what you meant, mate. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> panic too much. They're not listening. They're going to sue us. You're fine. Um, Right, so we will leave it there. And in two weeks' time, three weeks' time, two, three weeks' time, we'll be dissecting, discussing, and breaking down SmackDown. Uh, not SmackDown, Survivor Series. And probably SmackDown as well. Probably. Screwed that up, didn't I? Um, plugs, <laughs> at PredictCast on Twitter, at PredictCast on Facebook. Don't, on, keep your feed. Don't keep refreshing your feed. We'll let you, like, you, 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 it'll come to you eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't wait with <laughs> bated breath. You'll see, it, it'll, it'll get there. It'll get there. Um, <laughs> Right, so three weeks, Survivor Series, SmackDown, Raw, whatever the bloody hell we're talking about. And uh, we will see you then. Thank you very much, fellas. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate.